Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries podcast, where in this episode, we're going to be talking OSR. Why all the mushrooms? joined in this episode by a person who's played in a number of my OSR games and has munched many a mushroom as various different characters, Johannes Pavlet. Thanks for joining me, Johannes. Hello, hello. Okay, so first of all, what do we mean by the fact there's a lot of mushrooms in OSR? I was talking to Colin Green from Spike Pit the other day and we mentioned um, Winter's Daughter, which is a necrotic gnome. It's an old school compatible uh, Adventure set in the Dolmenwood, and we've recently played through this in my Midlands game. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a goblin in it who has basically a pouch that's sort of like a pouch of infinite magic mushrooms. And whenever you eat one of these mushrooms, you roll on a random table to see what effect they have on you. And it's a D12 table, and these effects range from things like um, doubling in size, destroying all your clothing, double melee damage, the last one D6 turns, up to Vomit up a stream of worm and maggots. You're unable to do anything for D6 turns. And that is the pouch of limitless fungi. No matter how many mushrooms are taken from it, it's always full. First time you eat a mushroom each day, it has a random effect. Subsequent mushrooms just that day just make you feel a bit sick. Unless noted, all effects are permanent. And I mean, there's even one on this table that says plus one to a random ability score. Mm-hmm. Like, if, you're yeah. to, if, if you're willing to take the risk, right, you could potentially like, bump yeah. yourself up quite high. And um, we had a few people sort of chow down on those during the actual adventure. I mean, I believe we had uh, your character doubled in size. Yeah, yeah, destroyed all his stuff. <laughs> yeah, we had um, we had uh, Rob, whose character like shrank to like eight inches tall. Mm-hmm. We had Colin's character like his eyes disappeared and they appeared on his hands like something out of Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, and then we had uh, Ian's character who turned entirely transparent for like a few hours. <laughs> so. And you might think, oh, well, that's that's just one adventure, but I've just got a small selection of OSR books here, all of which feature fungi or mushrooms to some relative degree. Now, there's The Middlelands, which has a lot of, sort of flora mentioned in it. There's Behind the Walls, which is the adventure I wrote with Glenn Seal for The Middlelands, which has a random mushroom drop dice table on the back of it. I've got all the, the wormskin zines, which cover the Dolmenwood setting at the moment. And they've got loads of stuff about mushrooms and plants and herbs. A recent one I've got is uh, Fever Swamp by Luke Gearing, Melsonian Arts Council. That's got a, a table of like magic swamp mushrooms in it. And then last but by no means least, there is the Fungi of the Far Realms book, which I believe is again by the Melsonian Arts Council. And that is literally just a book where each page covers a specific type of mushroom, some magic, some not. It gives you their habitat, their appearance, their, their aroma, and what they taste like, and you get a nice sort of watercolour picture of each one of them. Now, I've been in an effort to understand why this is such a big thing. I've been looking back at the sort of like the earliest game I could find that featured this sort of thing, and the earliest one I could find was the game Maelstrom, which is a UK so the game, it was, it was around about 1983, 1984, I think that came out. And that has one of the, it's one of like the sort of earliest sort of, I suppose, almost sort of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, fighting fantasy sort of um, books. 
it even has like a solo adventure in it, but it sort of snuck an entire like RPG system in there. And there's a whole class in there that is a herbalist class. And there is a large oh, really? appendix. Yeah, yeah. There's a large <laughs> appendix in there, which is literally all about herbs. And that's things like uh, All Heal, Deadly Nightshade, uh, English Galangal, uh, Golden Longwort, stuff like that. I mean, it's, you only get like a little sort of like one line write up, but you get like how available they are, what it takes to prep them how many uses you can get, what the costs are in-game and how effective it is on a sort of percentage scale. And you get like a very brief uh, sort of description of it. So, for instance, we get uh, St. John's Wort, we're told, that in the summer it's available 80% of the time, takes a week to prepare it, costs three shillings and a penny, you get five usages out of each dose, and it's effective 55% of the time. And what we're told about it, because like I said, the effects are actually quite sort of general, is that it heals wounds that would otherwise be infected, healing it at a normal rate, and the herb must be applied before the infection throw is made. And one of the benefits of this is you can use them in pretty much any game because the descriptions are quite generic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, now, obviously, I know that your characters tend to go strong for like the sort of mushrooms <laughs> when it comes to like the other. So, what, 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 is it, what is it about the shroom that appeals to your character? Yeah. I think... <clears throat> Hmm. I think obviously, like part of it is me uh, having having fun as a player, and um, having the characters be a vector for that. But at least because the recent years of mushroom munching on my part have been in the Midlands, which is, I think, kind of uh, it, it leans heavily towards that sort of thing. I feel like that's the that's the yeah. feeling I get, and. I, that's the sort of art I think that's in the books as well. It sort of it gives me that vibe that I should be. I'm in this dank, green, dark uh, place where, as as I've just given you the descriptions, that's where mushrooms grow. <laughs> so <Not true>. uh, <laughs> that's that's what you have. And I think aside from me having uh, a bunch of fun with uh, psychedelic adventures uh, with Dagonite barbarian priests. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think it's very much a part of the setting, really, at least for Middlelands here. Um, and uh, I think it's, this goes into, uh, like, uh, I'm, I don't entirely want to change the topic here, but oh, the, um, the thought that I had uh, which just occurred to me uh, a little bit before we started that the one of the th reasons that I think, uh, o especially OSR stuff, might have more in the vein of herbs and and mushrooms and and sort of like things that grow, I guess, is that uh, the games and sort of I guess the implied settings of these games they rely less on the sort of uh, I guess, um, like mainline fantasy uh, tropes for healing because healing is quite scarce in, in a lot of these OSR games. Uh, and then when you get it, it tends to be that sort of like you can bandage after a battle. You get like a pittance of your hit points back. Yeah. And um, the sort of, I think, the OSR replacement for the magic shop and the healing potion of mainline fantasy is the herbs and the the mushrooms which are given as as we've just dis discussed 
wildly powerful effects sometimes. Yes. Uh, and uh, they also sort of help with the flavor of the, the sort of, I think the, um, I don't know who invented the term, but the, the first I heard use was in Swihander, the like pathetic chic, uh, which is the <laughs> sort of like, you don't have the cool like healing potion. Instead, you're eating these dank mushrooms to like try and like, get yourself going again yeah i mean i agree with you i mean i think um part of it's almost a, a reaction to the not wanting to have loads of sort of lesser magical items yeah i mean i've, I've often heard people sort of fairly scornfully talk about sort of high magic campaigns where you know like every village has got like a potion maker yeah like sort of a magic plus, shop from yeah. whatever reason <laughs> that, that's it you know like everyone's got like a plus one sword in the closet and stuff like that so I almost I agree with you. I think that um, part of the, the use of herbs is to get a bit of that healing and that sort of that flavour of something like a little bit otherworldly, a little yeah. bit sort of enchanted. Because you can you can see sort of like how back in the day in the sort of real world, if you went to some like wise person in the village and they were like, "Oh, I've mixed these leaves into a paste," or I've, and it, it might have just been like a crude like painkiller, but it made you feel a little bit better. Mm -hmm. that, although system wise in like a, a game mm -hmm. it doesn't do a great deal you can see how to like in a setting where magic's maybe not quite as widely available that that seems like a sort of an acceptable sort of almost commoners alternative yeah. to yeah. magic and it seems to have it seems to have otherworldly effects if you don't understand like medicine yeah. in terms of like modern days of thinking and a lot of and a lot of myth and magic in our real world was just people not understanding what the hell they were doing and not understanding their surroundings either because uh, yeah. if you have let's say you have some um some gases leaking out from the ground yeah and you start tripping balls yeah that's where the gods are yeah you get visions <laughs> you get visions man I, I think as well sort of talking about um sort of potentially sort of like magical crossover. I think mushrooms in and of themselves, like before we before we have sort of a great knowledge of sort of flora and fauna like we do now, they must have seemed quite odd in amongst mm -hmm. themselves because they don't really seem like a, a sort of traditional plant. They're mm -hmm. obviously not like an animal. I know there's some sort of old sources that sort of viewed them as somewhere like half between a plant yeah. and an animal. And let's face it, if you don't understand how spores work, these mm -hmm. things just like magically appear on like damp logs <laughs> and you've got like, oh, they appear in like rings and you can see like how people sort of like, yeah. oh, you know, that's where the fairies have been because this yes. ring of <laughs> strange plants just yeah. appears one day in like a field mm -hmm. and you don't know that other oh, been growing underground from spores or these spores have drifted on the wind or animals. They just seem to have appeared from nowhere. It's like, a, I imagine it must have been similar to, you know, they used to think that, uh, migrating birds because they didn't understand migration they mm -hmm. just think they just used to disappear and then yeah. reappear at certain times of year again a very sort of magical and powerful thing mm -hmm. i think sort of mushrooms and some of these herbs must have seemed yeah very similar you know to, yeah to and the then sort of person with uh, sort of like uh like transferable property of the mushroom then goes to the herbalist like the herbalist becomes a wizard because maybe they understand these mushrooms a little bit, or at least they've been experimenting with them. They've been curious for long enough to actually have maybe figured some of this stuff out. And then when there's that one guy in the village who actually like understands about plants a little bit, uh, that's, that's when you get your first magicians <laughs> and priests. Well, that's, I mean, any, 
any sort of specialist or sort of closely guarded mm. knowledge tends to be looked upon as something sort of otherworldly or strange from the yeah. outside. So if you've got like just what everyone else knows that like, oh, there's maybe some mushrooms you can eat that are fine, but like the rest of them they don't really know about, but there's one guy who knows like which ones are going to cure your toothache, which ones you can eat, which ones are going to kill you, which mm-hmm. ones are going to give you stomach ache, which ones are going to affect the milk of your cows if they eat mm-hmm. them. That, that must have seemed like quite a sort of, that specialist knowledge must have seemed like quite a sort of, I suppose almost again magical sort of thing that yeah. like set that person apart from the, the mainstay of the people in whatever village it was. Yeah, and the the cool thing with that is when you progress to, let's say like the medieval times, because this is kind of like way back in the day in like my mind's eye when um, you have your um, you have your like little primitive village and there's that one person who actually like goes out into the forest and tries to understand the plants and then you move forward like a I don't know like a thousand years you get into the medieval times and uh, like knowledge is a little bit more uh, spread out and there are yeah. uh, like the, the base level of understanding of reality has like been raised. Uh, and then you get that to that like interesting part where you have folk remedies, which the, the folk, as they say, the, the peasants themselves uh, also use they don't necessarily go to the wizard or the herbalist or the priest anymore yeah. they actually and that's where you get into the sort of middlelands thing where they have a lot of mushrooms around so that's what the people would use because that's what they have and that's what they maybe understand the best because of the ubiquitous nature of it uh, it's just by the like that's that's how it usually goes with the sort of like natural resources that you have because obviously like you're exposed to mushrooms a lot you're gonna get into that business yeah i mean i think as well in terms of like their appearances in osr games and sort of other games it it sort of ties into that whole sort of slight like puzzle sort of element that was common in sort of earlier like dnd style games you know where they tended to be sort of like more sort of puzzles in dungeon mm-hmm. yeah you have to sort of work your way around the challenge and figure out the sort of logic to the puzzle i think mushrooms because obviously they're, they're brightly colored they can have a range mm-hmm. of effect. Even just normal mushrooms, like camping, like these sort of weird, like magical fantasy ones, mm-hmm. can have properties from like causing your organs to fail to like mm-hmm. painkillers to being like just good to eat. Yeah. And a lot of them can look very similar, or they can have very distinctive patterns. So I think sort of trying to identify this sort of thing mm-hmm. can sort of tie into that puzzle element that's quite common in a lot yeah. of earlier games. Yeah, and I guess that's one more like area of overlap with the um, magic items that you would have in other games as well. Uh, and I, I think like OSR mag- magic items too kind of do that puzzle thing where you don't necessarily find the sword that's obviously magical and then cast identify on it. That may never happen. You, you might yeah. be stuck with the quote-unquote unidentified magical sword and you're trying to figure out what happens because every time you swing there's a wheel of cheese that appears from nowhere (laughs) (laughs) you don't know what that's about (laughs) yeah i mean i think as well it also ties into that but obviously there's there's a lot of stuff in osr games that tends to come down to like a random chance so Mm -hmm. if i'd be like oh you've like just to take a a wandering monster it might be like oh you've got a one in six chance every like every few turns of like a wandering monster turning up or you've got mm-hmm. a two in 12 chance of this happening. A lot of stuff comes down to just like a fairly arbitrary sort of random dice one. And certainly for me, that's sort of 
part of the fun of it really yeah. you, know, you, you never know exactly what's going to happen and we yeah. see it, certainly with mushrooms and herbs there's a lot of these things where you you don't really you can't really identify the effects yeah you, you just you pop one down you roll on a, a random table something fun happens and it's and it's not normally in the style of like you eat a mushroom you roll on this table dead yeah <laughs> so, so some of the, some of them are, in, are inconvenient but most of them are just like certainly in the books i've read are just slightly bizarre yeah. maybe maybe challenging depending on what circumstances you're in but they sort of they add a bit to that sort of chaotic fun yeah and also um you've reminded me of another thought i had it's also a vector for a lot of these especially osr or like system agnostic products it's a vector for injecting the weird stuff into your game and i think that's kind of on like that's on brand for osr in general or like the sort of uh like old school games uh where you you tend to have the sort of like gonzo stuff uh, a yes. lot more and there's the sort of like wild and weird <laughs> just nestled into your regular uh grimdark stuff maybe or whatever your setting is and then suddenly there's spaceships and maybe a mushroom forest and that sort of thing and um i think that's a very uh, important part of the whole like mushroom the role of the mushroom in osr games Indeed. I, mean, uh, I think as well if, if you sort of look back at um, sort of written fiction i mean in jaws verne's like journey to the center of the earth they they walk through a forest of like gigantic mushrooms the size of trees and obviously it goes back even sort of further than that to uh, to like very old fairy tales so i think it is a it is sort of like a link to that that sort of older sort of style of fantasy. So like the instant you like walk into a forest and you start seeing some strange mushrooms, it gives you that sort of mental cue where you're like, oh yeah, I'm in like a slightly weird sort of fairy tale-esque environment. So I think it's a handy shortcut to sort of get that idea across. Like obviously if I go, or you walk into a, a, a coniferous pine forest, that could be a modern day game. It could be a fantasy game. It could be a futuristic game. I mean, how, why not? But if I say, oh, you walk into a forest, it's misty. There are these strange, speckled, bright red mushrooms growing everywhere. Instantly, that's, in my mind, that sort of shifts the genre towards older fantasy or sort of fairy yeah. tale myth. Yeah. Or at least like heavily away from sort of like the standard experience that you would have if you walk into a forest. Uh, it, you're, you're not in Kansas anymore by a long shot. And I suppose that helps set the mood for like, if you're like in our, <clears throat> uh, Dolmenwood adventures, we started yeah. off with, um, like a nautical adventure bit and then, uh, some, uh, violence on the beaches as we landed and then into the forest. And then I think you can, if you go back to the, the videos you can pinpoint the like, the exact time when he's like oh we we are not in a regular place anymore this is going all kinds of fairy yeah and i mean obviously in dolmenwood you've got like goblins and sort of fairies and strange races and stuff like that but i think having the the actual environment reflecting that it's just like an extra sort of stream pouring into that getting that idea across to people that 
like you say, you're not in a normal forest, you're in some sort of strange fairy tale environment. And it gives you that sort of mental cue where you're like, oh, I best be a little. I mean, obviously, I know as our games, they can be quite deadly, but normally there's some sort of like clues or cues to like let you know what's dangerous, what's sort of going on. And I think mushrooms and these strange herbs they sort of give you that cue where like oh I best be on my guard a little bit yeah because it's a little bit strange or odd things might happen mm-hmm. yeah the rules have changed now like the it's it's not it's not the pine forest anymore where you could meet i don't know like a bear or maybe some bandits it's it's not going to be either of those it's going to be something entirely different that's i mean when you think about the idea of like, you know, like biomes like discrete sort of areas that have sort of an overriding terrain or a particular type of geography. I think sort of having these like these funguses and these these strange herbs sort of shifts that biome sort of one step away, often a fairly big step away from the sort of normal world. So that like you, you walk into a forest and you're like, oh, there's giant mushrooms everywhere and whatever. And then you see like, it almost prepares you for the fact that other strange things are going to happen. So when you see like, a unicorn or like a witch or a goblin or something you're not like the fuck's a, a unicorn doing which walking through the forest because you feel like you're in a sunny in like dolmenwood you're in a fairy tale forest you're not just in mm-hmm. a normal forest yeah yeah and also aside from like <clears throat> just to like return to uh like why i fool around with the mushrooms I really like mushrooms as a person. Like I enjoy eating them quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's also that. Like it's, a, it's a sort of a comfortable area for me. I guess so. It's like if, uh, I, yeah. I guess it's a sort of a reflex as well because I, I tend to go for if there's a mushroom dish, uh, I will seek it out. So I guess just by being me the sort of like subconscious tendency for me to be like oh like i like mushrooms <laughs> like i can i could i could do some uh mushroom stuff with the character and also because this is probably one of john's osr games something <laughs> weird is gonna happen and it might be really fun <laughs> yeah i mean i think as well i mean i, I, I know yourself and and myself have both been out sort of foraging at various points um it is one of those things that sort of adds a bit of an extra level of interest. Like if you're walking in the woods, don't get me wrong, that's grand. But if you're out there and you're actually like looking amongst stuff and you're like yeah. investigating and you're like bringing stuff back, mm-hmm. I think obviously that's very enjoyable and interesting in real life. But mm-hmm. also in a game, what's more interesting for you guys to go, right, we're going to camp for eight hours. Uh, we're going to eat three lots of rations and then we're going to set off again in the morning. Or to say, like, right, okay, we set up a camp for eight hours. Right, we're going to go forage into the forest. What do we find? All right, there's these strange mushrooms. Like, do we want uh-huh. to take a risk? Do we want to eat them? Have any of us got any skills that we can identify them with? Can we maybe, like, contact some of the locals? Because they should know a bit more about them. Uh-huh. So you can, you can get quite a lot of interest and also potential sort of, like, role-playing encounters from it. They like say yeah. you, you go to the nearby village and you're like, oh, I've collected these mushrooms. What can you tell me about them? And they're like, oh, you know, you need to go and see old uh, the the old sage up on the hill. He can tell you all about that. I mean, you can mm-hmm. see like the guy who goes foraging, and it's just a way I think of making something which could be fairly sort of bland, you know. Yeah. Effectively, just like, oh, we're going to camp, we're going to eat something, instead of just like, oh, it's it's a sentence of us talking. You cross off some rations, yeah. maybe get some hit points back, move on with the rest of the game. It actually makes that part of the game 
Now, obviously, you don't want to do that all the time. So like yeah, no, if no. you want to get onto the rest of the stuff, you might just be like, yeah, okay, you eat some rations, or move on, because you want to get onto the rest of the stuff. Mm-hmm. But especially if you're having like a, a bit of a lull, or maybe maybe the player, certainly from a GM perspective, maybe the players need a bit of time to sort of mull mm-hmm. over some other things that have happened. They can be doing that whilst they're sort of foraging, while they're exploring. So they're yeah. expanding their knowledge of the, the setting that they're doing like some fun encounters, but also it's not sort of high pressure. So they can yeah. still like be thinking about like what the next move is going to be and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, like, obviously, you know, like you said, you don't want to do the mushroom foraging experience uh, every time you <laughs> sleep. So uh, I think it's, probably going to be quite uh, well because we have our game as a context here so if there's a point in time where there's not a lot going i will probably as i do uh in games that are osr or not uh, i will manufacture my own fun yeah and in our middlelands games well i happen to play the the sort of like uh like uncivilized uh sort of like earthy uh, shaman priest individual and uh, the, the easy uh, ad, like ad uh, I can put into any sort of situation is oh I go I go figure out some like herbalism stuff because that's one of my character's things I um, I included in the character the idea of having been brought up as a herbalist uh, or yeah. a priest and then uh, well, if we're setting up camp, everyone's doing their own thing, I will go into the forest. I will find mushrooms and I will try to identify them, probably fail, and then I will eat them because that's how <laughs> I play these games. Yeah, I mean, likewise for myself, I mean, we've seen a bit of it in your Burning Wheel campaign, which you just started yeah. up. But I, I, I tend to go for like the, the ranger or the sort of druid yeah. style characters because I, I like that whole interaction with like the natural world. And like you say, even if there's like not much going on or like a, you're having a bit of a break or whatever, or you're in like a quiet scene, it's very easy to make your own fun yeah. if you've got a character who can have a sort of level of interaction with the natural world. Mm-hmm. So it, even like the last Burning Wheel session, where like the only real time I went foraging was after we got Dennis's character back to the village. And he was like, oh, mm-hmm. shut that crossbow. Uh, and the, mm-hmm. the healer's like, oh, I need some like, I need some herbs and I'm like, oh, okay, right. I'm going to assist you. I'm going to, I'm going to make mm-hmm. some rolls. I'm going to go out and gather some herbs. It, it's a thing to do where otherwise like my character would have just been stood around watching the herbalist going, fingers crossed. Yeah, I was like, I'm with you in spirit. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a nice sort of a nice way of like keeping yourself occupied. If there's like a bit of a lull in the activity, mm-hmm. which like saying in the last bone and wood game, Obviously, there had to be a lull in the activity because one of the characters was near death and like an <laughs> healer was working on them. So well, we couldn't really be like running around as a group. And certainly for myself, if if like I mean, obviously it's only a two-player game, but if like most of the party is like injured, I'm not one of those sort of people who goes, "Oh well, but bad times for you, Sonny. I'm going to uh-huh. be running off and doing all the adventuring shiz on my own." I'd rather go, "All right, well, let's just like wait." then we can move uh-huh. past that time and we can all get on with like the adventuring and stuff. But in the meantime, while that's sort of being talked out, it's nice to have like a little bit of a sideline that you can sort of, you're still sort of pottering away and doing a few little bits and pieces 
to help like establish your character. So like, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this herbalist. This could be a useful skill in the future. I'm gonna pick up some tips off them. I'm gonna start sort of gathering the herbs and paying attention to what they're getting. So it gives me like a bit of a tangible benefit in game. But the main benefit to me was just like my character's doing something that I'm enjoying rather than just mm-hmm. standing at the sidelines hoping the NPCs yep. are good enough healer. Which yeah. And like not having, they really tried. The roles were abysmal. In the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, as like a general idea, at least in these sort of fantasy games where you tend to adventure, I guess, uh, with our Midlands games, OSR games I've played in the past fantasy stuff where you don't have a house and you live on the road and you go around doing things. It's a really good idea to invest, like you said, in the natural world in some manner, because then you can have a lot of, you can produce a lot of content with that. And I, I do, I am conscious of the fact that yeah, there's a, like a player amusement element in like my whole like mushroom shenanigans. Cause I, uh, I like to entertain myself and hopefully it may be entertaining to some other people as well. And I think it has yeah. been that. And also, even if that's one of the like places where this like springs from in me, uh, it turned into, uh, there's a whole like other thing with my uh, like mushroom munching shaman dude uh, with alcohol as well. And then I started mixing those uh, with um, the herbalism stuff. And it turned into this sort of like the party's thing when uh, we introduced new characters to the party. They were like, oh, uh, and one more thing. <laughs> like, welcome. You're a part of the group. We're going to do this thing and it's going to be good. We'll take care of you. Also, don't drink anything this guy offers you at all yeah it's, it's not gonna be good and then that's a cue for me as a player to like in the next scene be like hey new guy <laughs> do you do you want a swig <laughs> yeah it's like you say it's, it's a nice sort of uh, it's a nice sort of act that sort of brings the group together like you say it's, it's a bit of a sort of in joke between the party sort yeah. of in character yeah. which is a nice thing because it sort of Obviously, we know some out of character that people are drawn together in the group because they're the group of player characters. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to have in character things that sort of tie them together, especially if they've sort of grown almost organically, like the idea of like, oh yeah, we've got a shaman who always makes his like mad brews with like mushrooms and and booze. You know, you might, you might want to stay clear of that. Mm-hmm. And then inevitably, the person will be like, well, I'm going to have some anyway. And always just just some general good fun emerges from that. Yep. Right. Yep. Definitely. And I think we had we had a lot of fun with that sort of thing in the in that particular game uh, before it ended in a <laughs> in a tragic tragic manner. I mean, uh, it's it's nice in a way that that's, that sort of element has sort of carried forward into the, the yeah. current campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, with your own character, but also other people's characters. So as you've gone more into the Dolman Wood, mm-hmm. that element sort of like re-emerged again, which yeah. I think is nice because it was a big part of the last game. It was something that mm-hmm. I said, you know, like myself and like all the and all the players seemed to get a great deal of enjoyment from. Yeah, yeah, we we did whole like quests about this stuff. I yeah. just now realised like we <laughs> we spent sessions on epic quote unquote. Uh, 
um, uh, quests to retrieve mythical mushrooms. And uh, we invested a lot of them, like in these themes, more than I realized before now. That we, we, we spent a lot of time on this stuff. Yeah, I've got to admit, it was only when I sort of listened back to some of it and I looked at some of my notes to sort of like before we did this, that um, I realized precisely how much sort of herbalism <laughs> And mushrooms yeah. has been like, involved in all the various like Midlands games and stuff like that. that we've been yeah. But yeah, it's, I think as well though, as well, if you look at it from a purely sort of mercenary sort of like point of view, if you're if you're playing like an OSR game, there's really like three environments you spend your time in. There's like an urban environment, there's mm-hmm. the dungeon, and there's the wilderness. Now, if you're in an urban environment and you need like some medicine or whatever, chance are you can go and buy some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, if you're in the wilderness or you're in a dungeon you probably aren't going to be able to buy that stuff however herbs plants particularly mushrooms can grow in both those environments quite happily and if you have some skills to be able to identify them it, it can give you let me say you're not going to be sort of like oh, i found the magical mushroom of healing like shazam all your hit points are back but uh-huh. even if it's just a case certainly in an osr game where you don't tend to have a massive stack of hit points anyway if you can maybe like scrounge up a few mushrooms and be like, oh, these are going to restore a few hit points, it gives you just that tiny little edge uh-huh. that can make the difference when you're like stuck miles from an urban settlement. Yeah. Yeah, and it's dramatic. It, it makes for good drama and um, interesting gameplay if you're trying to drag your ass back into civilization from wherever you were and you got your, your ass beat and you're trying to survive on mushrooms. <laughs> while you're making your way back yeah all right well i think we've talked a fair bit about mushrooms you think of anything else that we need to say about mushrooms in the Mm osr uh i think we've well yeah i guess in like osr specific context but for the sort of like fantasy rpgs that we have which get a lot of these sort of like general supplements uh, for example funded through kickstarter there's a lot of them uh, yeah. a lot of these sort of like supplements like i don't know the actual product names but like the great book of herbs or whatever there's a lot of that stuff out there yeah uh, for uh inspiration for this kind of thing and uh you've mentioned the uh What's the mushroom book? The Fungi of the Far Realms? Fungi, Fungi of the Far Realms, yeah, by Marsonian yeah. Arts Council. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of good like resources out there for this sort of thing. And people have been making, I think they were called net books, like back in the ye olden yeah. days. <laughs> uh, they've been making this stuff since forever. Uh, like homebrewing, there's a lot of like herbalism homebrew out there yeah. if you want to dig into that sort of thing. And I definitely suggest you do because people tend to pour a lot of, I suppose, like their love of the weird bits of the games into that sort of thing. So yeah, I think as well it's nice because a lot of these, um, a lot of these supplements in it are fungi the far realms. They remind me of like the old sort of works. I think they were called herbals that. Like the, the mm. people used to put together like the books of like herbs and mm. sort of like trying to write down. And I, I know there's some from like, like I've got one on order at the minute, which is like a reproduction, of like a 17th century mm. one, which is like obviously a lot of the sort of beliefs about particular herbs have now been found to be like nonsense or mm-hmm. not true yeah. to some degree. But I think you can also sort of learn a lot about that time period by what people sort of thought. 
yeah. about the stuff that was in their surroundings. And I think if you if you have if you want to give like a bit of a, I mean, obviously we know that uh, OSR games they're not like a historical recreation or anything like that mm-hmm. of a particular time period. They're mostly in this sort of faux medieval sort of D and D space. But um, if you want to give a, a flavour of sort of like a bit of a feeling that yeah, there's some sort of history to this world, having like old superstitions and old wives' tales and like a bit of sort of a bit of sort of woodsman's knowledge and sort of lore of the yeah. land. Yeah, for very folklore. effective way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's an easy way of doing it. I mean you could you could sit there and you could develop whole sort of complicated sort of folk laws and myths and stuff like mm-hmm. that. However, if you drop in if you drop in some like old woman who lives in a village and she's like, Oh you want to be careful if you go out into the woods, there's a devil's cap and mushrooms grow out there and they'll turn you blind and then the devil will get you because you won't be able to see him coming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, although it obviously sounds like a, an old wives' tale, it immediately sort of gives you that idea of that sort of oldie, worldy, sort of slightly superstitious. Yeah, sort of you attitude. don't actually, you never leave the village you were born into. Yeah. Like, at most, you will go to like the big town, uh, maybe, uh, and to the market there to sell your produce or whatever. The ones that you don't for some reason use yourself uh, you know nothing <laughs> about the surrounding world un- unless it's these like tales that have been passed down of the the wolf man in the in the forest and you need to have wolf's pain uh, uh, like across your uh, doorstep and <laughs> that sort of thing well Sam, i think a lot of it sort of ties into that idea of like you know the, the hunter gatherer society sort of way back when well like you say that there wasn't mass production there wasn't things like that. you maybe had like a few animals that you could milk you maybe had some pigs for meat or whatever mm-hmm. but if, if you wanted to like supplement your diet with anything you had to go out you had to either trade with somebody for something yeah. you had or you <laughs> had to go out and like just find that shit out yeah, and get it <laughs> yeah go get so i i do think it again like i say it's an instant sort of useful shortcut to sort of tie your game back to that sort of old sort of long forgotten past that sort of used to exist yeah all right yeah i think people may have gotten the idea that we like mushrooms and we cannot lie that's right and um what i'll try and do is i'll put um links to some of the the osr books that i've been talking about in the show notes to this so you can go and check them out if you want but pretty rather like mushrooms in real life all you've got to do is like turn over like a damp log and you'll probably find <laughs> mushrooms everywhere. If you're, if you're playing in the OSR, all you've got to do is turn over the page in a supplement and chances are there'll be something to do with mushrooms in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it just remains for me to thank Johannes for joining me, so thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that's the end of this episode. If you want to get in touch, you can leave a voicemail message on the Anchor app you can drop me an email, reddicediaries at gmail.com. Until we see you next time, take care, and whatever you're playing, have fun. See you soon.